Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon Holiday Extravaganza. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. All month long, I'll bring you interviews with authors chatting about their holiday-themed cozies. You'll also hear authors sharing their special holiday memories. And you'll find holiday photos and recipes on the podcast Instagram. Happy listening. Welcome, listeners, to another holiday special episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Julie Henricus, writing as Julia Henry, joins me in the corner to chat about Wreathing Havoc, her holiday-themed cozy. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for having me, Alexia. Now, Wreathing Havoc is your fourth Garden Squad mystery. Would you please tell us what your sleuth is up to this time out? Sure. Lily Jane is an older uh, protagonist and it's, uh, you know, she's a master gardener and it's Thanksgiving time when the book starts and it it moves through the holidays. Um, And she has a dear friend who's recently passed away. And at his memorial service, an actor, famous actor comes in who was part of the you know, Goosebush Players, which was part of the history and offers to do um, a reading of A Christmas Carol the next week. And then he is killed. Um, And so my sleuth, even though it's uh, not traditional gardening uh, series, they are making wreaths and they're doing gardening um, around town. But she's just, as always, trying to make things better and smooth things out and do all the things that people do in cozies um, in time for the holidays. Uh, I, I did guess um, based on this being a garden squad mystery that gardening was a significant theme. And you just said she's a master gardener, which is actually a very hard certification to obtain from, from what I hear. I mean, they don't, they don't just hand those out. You have to work for them. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> m- many of us, myself included, kind of imagine that in New England, gardening is strictly a spring and summer activity. And I know I'm imagining wrong. So what do New England gardens look like? And I mean, what does the master gardener do in Massachusetts in the autumn and the winter? I got to tell you, Alexia, when I first started to write this series and I was, you know, trying to come up with things, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be able to do spring and summer and and skip around, which, as you know, in book time can be tricky because you like to have it condensed a little bit. But friends were incredibly generous with some suggestions. So one of the suggestions and one of the things that they do in this book is they get ready for um the next spring. So they're putting awful smelly things on their gardens. Uh, You know, she makes a seaweed mix and all this other stuff. So she's always going down to the beach to get more stuff to make sure that the gardens are, um, you know, in good shape for the spring, Um, planting garlic and planting some other late fall um, things that will come up in that can survive over the winter is also part of it. Um, But it's mostly preparation and getting ready for next year. But I do have a fun thing that isn't really gardening, but it's it keeps her busy. And she does it in her greenhouse where for the local library, they have a wreath making contest and they pick a name of a book out of a hat and they need to make a wreath based inspired by that um, 
by the title of that book. And she gets Murder on the Orient Express. Of course, she's the chairman of the board and uh, and, and got to choose. So she she picked one that she liked. And, you know, Roddy, the handsome guy next door, gets Moby Dick and other people get some more challenging <laughs> titles. Um, but, you know, just I also have them. There's a park that's been redone over time um, throughout the series and Alden Park. And so there uh, it's going to be selling, you know, trees and things like that. But they're also um, doing a garden sculpture events, uh, you know, where they have to in five hours create these garden sculptures that light up. And that was inspired by Netflix um, show that I saw. So I just, you know, you try and find different ways to bring gardening in. Um, and with people who are obsessive, like she is, um, you know, she'll always find a way to, to do something with gardens. Are these wreaths they, they're making? Are these Christmas wreaths? Well, they're holiday wreaths, and so they put them up around the um, library, and then they uh, have an auction, and so that they sell them off, you know, to raise funds for the library. So, you know, they are Christmas wreaths, they can look like that, but it could be, you know, they can also, like, I would ha hang a murder on the Orient Express wreath up year round, wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why not? So, I mean, I love writing these books because you just can let your imagination completely go wild. And I, I don't know where this idea came from, but I just think it would be the coolest thing. And any library can steal the idea of creating wreaths <laughs> based on books. There you go. <laughs> and plus auction them off and raise money for the library. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, another idea that you incorporated, as you mentioned, is, is that of a, a theater uh, the, the, there's a big theater theme. So are you a theater person? Yeah, I, um, for over 30 years, worked in arts administration, mostly in the performing arts. So I, I programmed a concert hall here in Boston at one point. Actually, it's in Cambridge. It's called Sanders Theater. Um, but I also was, theater owns my heart. So I was a general manager and I've been a company manager. I've worked in box office. And so, um, you know, art, uh, writing is how I exercise my art, but for many years I've supported artists um, in doing their work in the performing arts. So theater definitely owns my heart and my soul. And so I, I wrote a whole series um, about an ex-cop who runs a theater company um, in the North Shore of Massachusetts, but I thought it would be fun to add a little theater to um to Goose, Goose Bush and to the Garden Squad series because I do know the world well and it lends itself to such drama and such interpersonal relations. It's such a tense thing trying to get a show up and running um, that it it just, you know, adds, adds to the fun. And you mentioned your character was going to read A Christmas Carol, uh, which is a very well-known uh, Christmas time ghost story actually uh but it's probably not the only christmas play out there so can you recommend any other good christmas plays <laughs> well there are a few i mean i love a christmas carol 
I love the story. Um, it's also because Mr. Dickens has been dead for so long that it's out of <laughs> copyright so that people can do whatever they want to it, which is why so many theaters, it's a little bit of an inside joke. So many theaters do a Christmas Carol because it's almost the license to print money around the holidays. It's like, and they can do whatever they want. So in this one, they've got three current playwrights who are writing their own versions. And the one in the book is a little bit dark, but hopefully people will find it funny because, you know, Scrooge is just terrible in this one. Um, but there are a few, you know, really Child's Christmas in Wales. There are also some, um, you know, other Christmas-themed um, plays, some of which can be very heartbreaking and difficult, right? I mean, it's like Little Match Girl is not a sunshine-happy um, show, and yet... No, uh, that's, that's, no, no that's, that's not no. happy at all. Right, and yet... People do it or they made a musical into it. And I, you know, they'll do it around holidays. And I'm like, I, I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, Nutcracker, there's some some good old chestnuts, but there's also, um, you know, some wonderful Christmas themes and some more current plays that are, are fun to see. But I I love A Christmas Carol. I, I watch every version I can. I go see it anytime I can on stage. I love to see different versions. I love to see how, what people choose to put in and choose to take out. And um, so I just thought it would be fun to riff on that. Did you write some of, of your own version for the book? Did you write some of the play? <laughs> well, I, I talk about it um, in, the, in the book and the changes I made, but <clears throat> it's interesting you ask that because I think as I, I become so opinionated about the different versions I see, I, I think it would be fun to maybe um, put my money where my mouth is and write my own version of A Christmas Carol. So maybe for next year, I'll work on that. Now, uh, a holiday cozy wouldn't be a holiday cozy without food. Um, and I believe your your Sleuth Lily bakes pies. Is that, is that right? She's a pie yeah, baker. She, well, she is. So she lives in a big old house in Goosets. And she has, she's a recent widow. Um, and she has her late husband's former grad student moved in to help take care of him and take care of her and stay. So there's a 40 year age gap, but Delia lives with her. Um, and, you know, there's a, another friend who's moved in because he sold his house unexpectedly and, and needed a place to live. So they all do cooking, but Lily makes mini pies. And I did this one year, actually, I, we were having a pretty big Thanksgiving and nobody could commit to what kind of pie they wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, let me try and make mini pies. So I made a ton of crust and I make a pretty good pie crust um, with cold uh, water and cold vodka in it. And it kind of does interesting things with the, the fat. So it's almost like a, a sandy texture. Um, and I got the little pie you know, pie tins and made my apple filling, but I also made some uh, chocolate cream pies and I made some pecan pies. And I just, you know, for like two days, I just kept making mini pies. And I thought that would be a fun thing for Lily to do because she is a little bit obsessive and I could completely see her just saying, I'm just going to, you just, cause you're like, Oh, but uncle Fred likes this. So you're going to make six of those. And then, you know, you're going to do this. So it just completely gets out of control. Um, but it's also a fun way when you have a lot of people over to let people have their mini pies or two or three. 
um, and sample some good things. So uh, another thing that I have heard them doing is something that my friend Jesse Crockett told me about. Um, she writes as Jessica Ellicott. Um, in her family, they take like leftover stuffing and gravy and maybe mashed potatoes and put maybe some little more liquid in it, make it into a thick batter and they waffle it and they use that for sandwiches after the holidays. And I thought, Ooh, that's a good thing. So I threw that in there as well. And people have been writing to me saying, Oh, that sounds really good. So I suspect a lot of stuffing is being waffled right now (laughs) by people who read We Think Have It. So waffle stuffing for dinner and mini pies for dessert. Listen, that's, I mean, how is that bad, right? Yeah, nothing, nothing bad about that at all. <laughs> just, just ask for, ask Santa for stretchy pants. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and speaking of Santa, um, I've, I've talked to a couple of authors, uh, you know, for this, this holiday special, uh, but they're been, they've been in California, uh, where, you know, snow was not really a thing where they are. Um, and so they, they were talking about the the kind of Christmas decorations there. Actually, one was Katrina McPherson. So she was talking about how she actually turns her California abode into uh, Scotland uh, at Christmas time. So what's, what's Christmas like in Massachusetts? Well, it can be um, varied. Uh, and you, you spent some time here. So, you know, it can be, uh, you know, snowy, times there's certainly been some white Christmases um, in the past, Um, uh, but it can also be green, you know, uh, it can go all different ways, but we do go all out for the holidays in New England, Uh, you know, the Boston Comet, it's lights up and um, there's going to be for the first time in a couple of years because uh, because of the pandemic, it's been uh, not the same, Um, but you know, first night, so New Year's Eve, there's a all these festivities outside, but, um, you know, it's pretty traditional. I live in a part, I live right outside of Boston in a small city called Somerville. And so there are a lot of families who really decorate like wonderfully with the lights outside and the plastic things and, and, you know, really go over the edge. So it's, it was, it's when my nieces were little, it was always fun to take walks around or drives to see things because there's lots um, but it does, it gets cold and dark here. And because we're so close to the ocean, it's damp. So, you know, this is like the last gasp of lights. <laughs> and so we all tend to like really hold on to it and, and like try to keep them going for as long as possible because February in Massachusetts is a pretty awful month. Yeah, I guess it, despite being short, it probably feels like the longest oh, month. Oh man, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Now, another thing that people seem to go all out for is holiday themed mysteries. So why do you think, especially cozies, why are holiday cozies so popular, do you think? You know, it's so funny. I was thinking about that because I'm also, I read them. um, So, you know, I do it too. And, you know, you're reading something about a holiday you love. And people are dying and, and you're completely comfortable with it. I mean, it's just cozies are a in, really interesting thing. Um, I think it's because one of the, the roots of a cozy is the community and, you know, being warm and being cozy and getting to know people and helping people get through 
dark times. And so sometimes in cozies, it's the world you wish you lived in. Sometimes it's a world you recognize and you hope somebody can fix. Um, you know, there's certainly cozies with darker themes um, than others. And so there's a lot of different things that get addressed in cozies. But I do think that the holidays are a time when uh, I'm finding as I get older, it's it's more and more bittersweet because of, you know, so many people aren't here anymore or you have, you know, you used to do certain things and you don't anymore. I mean, kids are all growing up. And so it's it harkens back to a time um, that everyone can recognize that there were things work out and when you feel like you belong and you feel like it's all going to work out. And I think that that's one reason that holiday cozies are so popular. And plus, you know, fun recipes or, or you know, interesting craft ideas. And, um, you know, it's a nice escape because the holidays can also be very stressful. So I think that, you know, um, you may not be having the perfect Christmas in your life, but you can read about somebody's and it's worse. Like, you know, somebody died. <laughs> so it's like, let me go visit them. They're going to fix it. Yeah. And so what can someone buy a copy of Reading Havoc to cozy up with this holiday season? Because books make great gifts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that in every episode. Buy books for Christmas or Hanukkah or Festivus or whatever you're celebrating. Yes. Books are perfect yes. gifts for everything. So. Yes. Um, and thank you for doing this and for all the support you give um, Cozy Writers, Alexia, because it makes such a difference, you know, for us to be able to get, get out and talk about our books. Right now, uh, the book came out in October, so it's available anywhere that books are sold. Um, if it isn't in your local bookstore, you can ask them to order it. But um it's online as well. Um, it's, as you said, it's the fourth in a series. It's mass market paperback. So it's also a lovely stocking stuffer. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's in wide release right now, which I'm really, really grateful for. It's also in audio and in large print. Um, so, you know, people, I'm, I've become huge fan of audiobooks in the last few months. So, um, you know, I'm listening to a lot of my favorite series on audio. So if people prefer it that way, it's also an audio. That's available in every format. So there's a room for it on everybody's holiday wish list. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and and where, where, where can readers connect with you if they want to uh, see what's what's uh, coming next or maybe just give you a, a happy holidays shout out? Do you have a website or social media? I do. I um I have a website, jhauthors.com. So all of, I write under three different names. So JH for all of them. So JH Authors. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as JH Authors. Um, and I blog with the Wicked Authors, uh, you know, five other writers here in New England or in the, uh, Sherry Harris actually isn't in New England, but she faces one of her series in New England. Um, and so, you know, we blog five days a week and you can definitely visit us on the wickedauthors.com blog. Well, thank you very much for taking time to uh, chat with me today, especially since I know it's uh, actually kind of uh, getting late on uh, out in New England. Um, so uh, thank you. I appreciate you staying up late to talk to me today. Well, and thank you again for having me. I love talking about my books and I, I love talking about cozies. And thank you listeners for tuning in to this special holiday episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest was Julie Henricus, who writes The Garden Squad Mysteries as Julia Henry. We've been chatting about Wreathing Havoc, the fourth in the series. 
I'm your host, Alexia Gordon. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.